We are slowly working our way through some of the great psalms together as we notice that there are psalms for every season of life. We've noticed that there are kind of psalms that have things in common, kind of, they're not really divided into sections, but there are psalms that, that uh, kind of accomplish the same thing that we could put into groups. For example, uh, last week we looked at one of the psalms of ascent, where they would sing these songs as they walked up Mount Zion on the way to uh, the tabernacle and then eventually to the temple uh, to gather for uh, those three special feasts that they would have each year. Songs of Ascent. Today I want us to look at one that is in a group that many people refer to as the Psalms of Enthronement. There are a number of Psalms that talk about God on His throne and what that, what, what that should mean to us as we understand Him better in all His majesty. Look with me in Psalm 96. We're going to begin at verse 1, and we're just going to walk through it, looking at it, understanding it more deeply, and growing through the experience together. He says in, in the verse, uh, first verse, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. That psalm was written by David and then given to Asaph to be sung on the day that the Ark of the Covenant was finally brought to Jerusalem. You remember that was one of the things that David wanted to accomplish, to establish Jerusalem as the headquarters, if you will, uh, the, the place of meeting God and, and kind of the capital of the nation. And in order to do that, they had to move the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant and bring it up the mountain and establish it there. Well, they did eventually get to do that. And we met Asaph the other day. Asaph is kind of like the worship leader. And David wrote uh, four, probably five songs that would be sung on the day that they set the Ark of the Covenant in the new place in Jerusalem, that place where the tabernacle would be and then eventually the temple would be built. And so they, they sang these songs. This is one of them. It, it was important to David that that historic event be surrounded by song. And singing is kind of like uh, Savannah was, was helping us understand. S singing is one of those ways that we, we communicate on a different level. You know, we, we talk and we text and we email and we yell at each other, uh, talk to each other on Facebook. Uh, but singing... Somehow, somehow it helps us communicate on a deeper, more personal level. And so David wanted that special event to be surrounded by song. And so they sang that day. And, and by the way, that story is recorded for us in First Chronicles 6. You can go back and look and see 
how, that, uh, how those songs were used on that day. But he says, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Well, why do we need a new song? I like the old songs, preacher. I know, I do too. I know. What he's saying, though, is God is always at work. Don't, don't just give him the leftovers. God is always doing something new. And so even if you sing the same words in the same tune, make it a new song from within. In, in, in Lamentations, Jeremiah reminds us that God's mercies are renewed every day. We used to sing that song too, right? New mercies every day. So because God is so good that he brings us new mercies every day, let us come to him with a new song for every new blessing. Uh, when, when, we, when we sing his praise, let it not be just leftover music, but let it be a new experience, a song from within to worship him in all his glory. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. In Hebrew, they didn't have exclamation points. We really didn't have uh, uppercase letters like we would think of it. So, you know, on, when, when, when you've got that tweet that you've got to send out to X just as fast as possible, and you want people to hear it and see it, you want it loud, you put all caps on there. That's how you yell at people on social media. If you want to express something in a strong way when you're writing a letter or, or, or making a note to somebody, you use that exclamation point. They didn't have those options. So how did they, how did they emphasize something? They would repeat it. Oftentimes, they would repeat it three times. So did you see those first three lines, the first three words of the first three lines? Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. He is stressing that God's people are to be people of song. That we sing to him because that's how we praise him. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Now that phrase caught my attention as well because you would think it would say, sing to God every Sunday. But he says, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, declare his glory, or, or sing to the Lord, tell of his salvation from day to day. Every day we're in the process of praising him and singing to him because of that great salvation. The salvation that we've experienced should, should make us want to tell people about it. You know, when you've got good news, when something good happens to you, first thing you got to do is tell somebody. You're calling your best friend. You're putting it out there again on social media. You're, you're telling people something good has happened, and I want you to know. Why is it that we're so slow to share the best thing that ever happened to us? He says, tell of his salvation from day to day. Don't hesitate to tell 
your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones, your coworkers, the good things that God's doing and has done in your life. He goes on to say, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. David knew that he was speaking to God's people who were surrounded by worldly people. He was speaking to God's people, but they were surrounded by folks who worshiped other gods, false gods. He would, they were surrounded by pagans, if you will. And so he was saying to them, those people around you need to know how great Yahweh is. They need to know how wonderful our God is. So let them know that. Don't be afraid. Sing out loud so that his marvelous works will be known among all the peoples. By the way, when he says, sing to the Lord three times, and he's about to say, great is the Lord, you'll notice that it's all caps. All four letters in the word Lord are capped. That means to us that this is not just saying the Lord. It's just saying Yahweh. This would be his actual proper name that he shared with Moses. And it's so holy, they don't say it. They don't even want to write it. But what he's saying is we know Yahweh. We know the one who is the I am. Other gods are not. Our God is I am. And because of that, we want to declare his glory among all those nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Verse 4, for great is Yahweh and greatly to be praised. The reason that he deserves our praise is because of his greatness. We see him high and lifted up. We recognize all the great deeds that he's done. And because he is great, he deserves great praise. He is to be feared above all gods, it says. Verse 5 says, For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. In other words, the gods that people make are worthless. But our God made people and is worthy of all praise. It's, it, he's comparing the true God to all the false gods around us. You and I find it really too easy to settle for those little gods sometimes. And the people all around us live by those little gods uh, prosperity or popularity or power or whatever it is he reminds us that our God is a God who is worthy to be praised he's, he's not one that's been created by man he made the heavens splendor and majesty are before him so he says in verse 7 ascribe to the Lord O families of the peoples Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory do his name. Did you see what happened? The same thing that we saw earlier with the word sing. Now we see that happen again with this word ascribe. What that means is to recognize. Recognize in the Lord, O oh families 
of all the peoples. Recognize in Yahweh glory and strength. Recognize in Yahweh the glory that is due his name. Why do we worship? We worship and we sing praise for a multitude of reasons, but they could be summarized, I think, in three reasons. Take a 3D look at worship. The reason that we worship him is because he demands it. He told us to. Because he desires it. And because he deserves it. A 3D look at why we worship. He demands it, he desires it, and he deserves it. The reason we worship is because he's worthy of our worship. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. We ascribe to him that glory that is due his name. He deserves it. You're not doing something for him to make him feel better. You're worshiping because he is the king and you're the subject. He is God and you are his creation. He deserves all of our worship and he deserves our best worship and then notice he says bring an offering the last part of verse 8 bring an offering and come into his courts worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness tremble before him all the earth he said to bring an offering when we come to worship and when he said that to the people who first heard this song he said that on the day that they were bringing the ark of the covenant and beginning to set up the tabernacle eventually the temple the people who heard that understood that he was speaking of one of the of, of the five different kinds of gifts or sacrifices that were made in worship at that time there were five different kinds of sacrifices Four of them involved sacrificing an animal in some way. Blood was shed in four different kinds of sacrifices, and all four of those had something to do with sin, had something to do with either being forgiven or recognizing our need for forgiveness, asking redemption, something. But then there was a fifth one, the, the sacrifice that did not include the shedding of blood. In that one, you would bring a grain of some kind. In that one, it was, it was more of a free will kind of an offering. Not required, not dictated that you will sacrifice this kind of animal in this way. But this one was... When you are grateful, you bring this offering to express your gratitude. When you want to worship and praise, you voluntarily bring this offering as an act of praise. And so as we think about those five different kinds of sacrifices today, we say, well, we don't kill critters anymore. How are we supposed to praise Biblically, when we don't slaughter a lamb or a turtle dove, well, 
because those four sacrifices that included blood that would eventually lead to forgiveness of sin, that's all been taken care of for us. Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, which, by the way, was also on Mount Zion. When he died on that cross, he made certain statements. One of the things that he said that day was, it is finished. And the scripture says that when he made that statement, he made that statement with a loud voice. Which means that he was not just finally dying and giving his last breath and he eked out those final words, it's finished like I'm done. No, the Bible says he said it with a loud voice, which means he is declaring once and for all, it is finished. All that God sent me to do has been done. I have accomplished the great redemptive purpose and plan. Jesus hung on the cross as the Lamb of God. He who deserved to sit on the throne for all eternity past and all eternity in the, to come. He deserved our glory. He deserved our worship and our praise. He should have stayed in his royal garb and received the glory and honor from all of the, the, the angels around him. Yet he decided he chose to be obedient to the father and he took on the form of a human being and he not only took on the form of a human being but in Philippians 2 he took on the form of a human being and he went so far as to be a servant and he went so far as a servant to die and he even went so far as to die a death on a cross and so that day he said finally it's finished Sing to the Lord a new song. And when you sing, bring it as an offering to the one who is worthy of our worship. And understand that when we bring that offering to Him, there are sacrifices that need never be made again. Now He wants our sacrifice of praise, our sacrifice of worship, because He's made all the blood sacrifices necessary it is by his blood that we are healed by his blood we are saved by his blood we are redeemed by his blood we have hope it is because of his death that we can live so today sing to him a new song and as we sing let's make it a, a sacrifice of praise and worship to the Lamb who is worthy of all glory and honor.